ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Frequency Podcast. It's been a while since you heard our voices, and I'm joined here with one of my great friends, Pastor Dan. Hey, Dan. Oh, hey. Happy New Year. Welcome <laughs> to 2019. Welcome back to the Frequency Podcast. And yeah, it's a new year. It's exciting. And we already have content to give out. I'm excited when that happens. Yeah. You know, it's, it's not like we ever lack content. It's that we create it and then we, like we capture it. And then yeah, it's we, a matter we, of, yeah, we might have five, 10 things stacked up, but somebody's got to edit it. <laughs> <laughs> we get, we get excited. I was going to say, we get excited about all our content and then we realize that we haven't shared it. <laughs> right. Well, like, like for example, not to jump ahead, but today's interview with Chrissy Nordoff, we set this up it was actually recorded on Halloween. So, you know, we're, it's already, you know, two months and two weeks behind schedule. I, when I edited it, which I did last week, finally, I had to remove all the references to Halloween. I didn't have to, because I'm telling you it's Halloween. You know, it was recorded I, at that point, but. I'm just laughing because you're saying Halloween. We pronounce it Halloween here. <laughs> oh, well, no, it just depends on who you are. I don't know. I say Halloween, Halloween, <laughs> Halloween. I'm just yeah. harassing you. It's not no, even, no. I don't even think it's an American thing. I think it's just a, you just decide to call it what you call it. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Well, it's all, uh, all Hallow's Eve, right? Or whatever. Right. But, you're being okay, proper this, about it. Yeah, it's because you're wearing a special hat today. That's why. I am. I'm wearing my flat cap that goes along with my old man beard. <laughs> you know, <laughs> um, I'm going to, it's not, it's not going to last uh, much longer. I don't know. I'm, I'm really not sure people who care or don't care. I grew a beard, I don't know, back in September. I started with a goatee and then I went full beard. I don't know why, <clears throat> but it's still here. And my wife hasn't made me get rid of it. That was my first question is what does your wife think of it? Um, she's fine with it. It's just, you know, it's like, I almost wish she had a stronger opinion. Like, mm. wow, I really like the beard or mm, it's not working for me, but she's like, Hey, if it works for you, I'm like, I, but I, but I don't know if it works for me. I, you know, I, I, I don't know. I, I look at myself in the mirror when I brush my teeth and when I shave those little bits, but you know, you're the one who has to deal with this. <laughs> well, my, my wife has pretty much said, look, it, it's cool that you know you can grow one now, but if you plan to kiss me anytime in the future, you may want to reconsider. Yeah. So yeah. if I'm out or traveling or whatever, I don't shave. And then when I get home, the first thing I do is shave. I, I think that makes sense. I think that does. My kids, uh, specifically my daughter was, dad, beard makes you look old. Hmm. And I'm like, okay. And, and she's probably right. You know, I look at this and I go, you know, I know I'm 48, which isn't old, but it sure as heck ain't young. Hmm. And, you know, I, here's where I'm really at. Once I drop some of the weight that I've put on, I will shave so that the beard is not there to strategically hide the jowls. <laughs> <laughs> so now we're, now we're into true confession time. Yeah. Yeah, well, that's not the reason I grew it, but then I realized, hey, I'm okay with that little uh, camouflage there. I don't know how to get on the beard thing. I'm sorry. Uh, Halloween, the cap, the beard. Okay, that's how we got there. Okay, can we? We'll come back. So, <laughs> yes. back to the, the whole point. 
it takes us a while sometimes. Do we have a point? What is the point? Well, I was going to ask if I could ask you a couple of questions. Go for it. kind of a way to start us off because we're out of our routine a little bit. No Mm -hmm. question about that. So I wanted to start, I thought maybe we could start our episodes by just checking in with each other on two things. Mm -hmm. One, um, how are you, how have you been creative since the last time that we connected? And the second is, how's your self-care? What are you doing for that? Because those are things that, you know, I talk to my kids about and my wife about. So talk to me about how you are moving forward with your creativity. Well, I think both are combined and we've, we've talked about that. Yeah. Where for, for a while now, I sort of put music aside as something that I enjoy uh, for the sake of busyness and being a pastor and having kids that are older now and focusing on what they need. Um, But then realizing, you know what? I miss playing music. I miss just having a keyboard set up and sitting down and doing, doing music. And um, coupled with that, the church needed me to lead music one every once every three weeks, which kickstarted the realization that I haven't done this in a while. Yeah. Yeah. And so I've been leading and, and realized I'm rusty, um, not with guitar, but with, you know, the fingers hurt and, you know, my throat, you know, singing for 40 minutes, uh, pretty much in a row and sometimes talking, you know, leading communion or preaching. Um, I'm rusty. Yeah. So, but that made me realize, man, I really enjoyed this and I want to do more of it, but I need a space and a structure and I need to, and maybe I could actually get back into a studio thing. So that led to potentially, well, not potentially, the plan is to actually open a studio here. And, uh, I'm just trying to finish some other work in the house first, but, Especially when my wife's on board with it, as long as it's not going to impact our family and negatively. Yeah. And it's a blessing in our house because we're all musical. So self-care wise, I'm excited and every day, you know, learning and, and trying to reconnect with the music producer, mix engineer community, uh, which I was part of a number of years ago and relearn where the industry's at and technology's at. And I've just been having a blast and getting back into software and plugins and, and how things work. And yeah, so that's been the self-care and what I've been up to. What about you? Well, um, I think I'm doing better on self-care than I am on creativity. Um, so, uh, I'm doing, um, well, I started a workout regimen again, which for me is if I'm not doing that, then I get crabby. Mm-hmm. I don't feel good about myself. I don't feel good in general. So um, starting in on that regimen again, um, <clears throat> it helps a lot. I sleep better. Um, I'm just nicer to people. Um, so that, that so that's really where a lot of my self care is. I I love yoga. I only do it once a week, but it's you know it's one of those things where helps me be limber and stuff and breathe and focus on the moment. And, um, I find yeah, that the, I can... the physicality of yoga, not the mysticism of it. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Thanks for the clarification. Yeah. I'm not yeah. into the mysticism of it. Cause there are some, uh, my wife subscribes to this yoga, um, uh, thing and, and I queued up one of the yoga, uh, routines and it was, I just, my eyes were rolling. I'm like, okay, yeah, we're, Next, no, I, yeah. I'm like P90X3, Tony Horton leading yoga. <laughs> That's what I'm doing. So it's, yeah. uh, but it's, it's really good stuff. Um, creativity, you know, I lead worship. Um, I don't necessarily think about that so much as a creative outlet. 
uh, and actually I think it's better for me not to think about it that way. Mm -hmm. Um, because if I start heading down that road, then it becomes the Joe concert, which I never want it to be. Um, but, uh, you know, I do my voiceover. I'm starting a new book today, uh, to record, uh, but that's something that I need to work, work on. And I was hoping that by introducing those questions in our podcast, that we as a podcast for creatives would do a better job of holding ourselves accountable to that and encouraging our listeners to ask that same question. You know, Mm -hmm. am I, am I doing good self-care and how am I, how am I, uh, how am I expressing my creativity? Yeah. And this is the time of year where everyone gets depressed and, you know, Mm -hmm. credit card bills come in and it's tax time and there's all sorts of things. So yeah, definitely making sure you delve into the creative end of your world is, is critical. And I understand what you mean about the the grumpiness with not feeling good physically, because I've gained weight over Christmas and I don't have a a workout regimen, but I tend to be on the move a lot. Um, You know, we have a big facility at our school and church. So I'm always, I'm not in my office a whole lot. Um, So I'm walking, I'm not, but I'm not like breaking a sweat. So I'm trying to figure out a way that I can do that and actually enjoy it. (laughs) Um, The hard part is it's like, it's what would be equivalent of below zero in the U S Fahrenheit is what it's been here. So it's been like minus 25 with the wind chill Celsius. And yeah, Mm. so it's just not really conducive to going out and, you know, walk in the beach um, which we love to do here. So yeah, I, I got to work on that better <laughs> and I've been renovating our house. So that's been, you know, wielding a hammer is not the same as running. Right. We'll talk about that offline. I've got some ideas for you. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, anyways, yeah, moving along from us, um, you know, share, you know, whoever's listening right now, share with us, you know, what's your regimen? Is there anything or suggestions or things that you do that um, you'd like to share with us? We love hearing from you. We don't want this to be a one-way conversation. So um, by all means, send us a note and uh, let us know. Talk to us on Facebook and Instagram and everything else um, and let us know what you're up to. Um, And by means of introduction then, uh, Joe had the opportunity to talk to Chrissy Nordoff, right? Yeah, you got it right. Good job. Chrissy Nordoff um, recently. um, And can you just sort of summarize what we're going to hear in in the interview coming up? Yeah, sure. Well, first of all, um, the interview was facilitated by our old friend, Wisdom Moon. Um, Wisdom used to uh, run all about worship. And um, then he went to work uh, with integrity um, as part of their We Are Worship division. And then uh, about three months ago, I guess it was August, mm-hmm. um, he left to start his own um, his own business as a um, marketing for artists. Um, and I think it's like, well, I don't know the name of it. Sorry, Wisdom, I can't remember the name of it. <laughs> Look up <laughs> Wisdom Moon Marketing, you'll find it. Anyway, he just asked if I'd be interested in chatting with Chrissy. Absolutely, she's a, a songwriter um, and writes. She's her writing is all over the place in terms of you. You will see her credited because this is what she does. She wrote uh, "Your Great Name," which uh, was, was a recent hit, um, mm-hmm. and also very popular in the the worship circles. Um, and she also is the founder of Brave Worship, uh, and we talk a lot about Brave Worship. They have their own podcast. In fact, this episode, not our banter, but the interview, 
will also be featured on Brave Worship, along cool. with some 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 conversation on that side. So be interesting to to hear it over on, on that side as well. No, but, that's uh, great. It's always good to to share content. And just for a matter of record, it's Marketing with Wisdom is his his company. Okay. Well, thank you. Marketing with Wisdom. I almost said Marketing by Wisdom, but Marketing mm-hmm. with Wisdom. Anyway, if you are an artist and you are looking for some assistance on the marketing side, we're not getting any promotional money or anything for this. Check yeah. out Wisdom. He's been doing this for a while. He's got great connections. He can definitely help you with that. So, yeah, and, it, that, and, and it's a faith-based marketing an advertising agency, essentially. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Very cool. All right. Well, you've you've given us the precursor to it. So why don't we dive right into the interview that Joe Brookhouse did with Chrissy Nordoff? Well, the first question I'd like to ask you as we get started, um, I'm curious if you'd just share with me a little bit about your faith background, where you grew up, and um, uh, and what faith was like in your family. Yeah, well, I grew up on a farm in the middle of nowhere in Michigan. Oh, okay. Um, a hundred acre farm. So my my uh, dad was the third generation. I was the fourth generation on that farm, and um, it was kind of in Dutch territory. So I grew up going to a Dutch Reformed church. Okay. Um, as well as a Wesleyan church. So it was sort of those two denominations. What is that culturally like then? Um, the reform church was pretty conservative. Yeah. Um, similar to Presbyterian. I think it might even be part of the same umbrella sort of, um, I mean, it depended on our pastor. So one of our pastors we had wore like a, a robe and looked more priestly and we did a lot more liturgy, um, things like that. And we definitely did hymns, like hymns was the thing, you know, um, in both churches, both denominations. So I, I spent a lot of time studying hymns for sure. So, um, did they allow instruments? Yes. Okay. They did allow instruments. Okay. Some of them are pretty strict on that stuff. So I'm glad to hear that you had instruments. So did you start singing in church? Was that kind of where your introduction to singing was? Yes. I think I sang when I was pretty little one time, but I don't remember it. The first time I remember singing in church, I was 11 years old. My cousin played the piano and I had my back to the congregation while I sang. (laughs) 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 You were just that nervous and didn't want to see their response to you? Yes, I didn't want to see anybody. And you have have since learned to turn around. I have turned around. You'd be really proud of me. I I actually transitioned from back to the audience to, I went through a, I had a teacher that taught me how to pan the audience. So I looked like the audience. Yeah, I looked like an oscillating fan. Like, (laughs) yeah. And I've I've um I've since made it past that phase too. So good, good. Are there any videos that we can see that either present move past that or what it actually looked like? Do you have those available? You know what? It's really funny. I was on this like local Christian TV show, and they had cameras like taking shots from different angles while I was panning. At the same time. So it's like the earth revolving around the sun or something yeah, like that. that's really bad. <laughs> really bad. Um, I know we have those somewhere. Well, yeah. yeah, that needs to be uploaded along with the cat photo. <laughs> so. Okay. 
All right. So where are you at I'll now in out. terms of church? So you, we, you had the, the Dutch Reformed and in yeah. Michigan, and, and uh, where are you at now? It's been really interesting. Since moving to Nashville, well, I went to school at Anderson University in Indiana, which was Church of God denomination, um, Anderson. And then um, moving into Nashville, I've been here for 22 years. So we've we've sort of been at a few different churches. We've um, experienced, my husband got saved actually at a four square church. So All right. So that does happen. Different. Yes, yeah. it does. <laughs> Yes. And then, um, Baptist and currently we're at a church of God, um, denomination based out of Cleveland, Tennessee. So the other church of God. So it's been a really wide array of different, um, you know, theology and worship and just overall, you know, structure and experience. Um, but I honestly, I feel like we've experienced so much diversity. I, I really feel like, um, at this point I can really appreciate all of it. You know, I feel like I can sort of just be dropped in any one of those places and I'll be okay. Um, I have a, um, a Catholic background and do you really, yeah. And, uh, even though I go to a non-denominational church, and I've attended uh, Presbyterian, Baptist, Methodist, you know, you know Foursquare, pretty much yeah. you name it. I, I have attended church, but um, like you, you know, I when I reflect on my Catholic upbringing, it's um, it's very um, very close to me in terms of appreciating the ritual, and I can attend yeah. really get something out of it, uh, even if I don't call myself that. So I think you know who we are, faith as uh, in faith has so much to do with that melting pot of our yes. experience. Um, I think okay. it helps us to engage with people as well when we engage them, whether it's in music or in worship or just uh, having faith conversations. Oh, yeah. And it's a lot like culture. You know, when you yeah. go overseas and you experience another culture, it opens your eyes. And um, I believe it's the same way with denominations. It's, it is experiencing different church cultures and it's opening your eyes and opening your heart to diversity and, um, in yeah. other ways, which is awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, getting exposed to uh, something I pray every week when I lead worship is that our children are, are exposed, um, to the world, but that they're strong enough in their faith and their understanding that they can take that in and be, and, and still move forward in confidence and courage. And something I think is really important these days. That's awesome. I love that. Let me, uh, you're a songwriter and I obviously Mm -hmm. I want to talk about songwriting with you today. Um, where does songwriting start for you? Did that start in college or, you know, were you writing hymns? What were you doing? Um, I actually started writing songs when I was about five years old. Um, I didn't really realize that's what I was doing. And even, you know, my piano teachers through the years and things like that, they weren't sure what I was, I wasn't following the rules, you know? Right. Um, and it was kind of hard to figure out what I was doing, but I was actually writing songs. So, um, I learned a lot from my grandmother and, um, my first things, you know, how to play the piano a little bit. And, um, one of, one of my grandmothers, she was very musical and really inspired me. She passed away when I was five. So I didn't realize that till years later, that that was the year I started writing songs. Oh, wow. And, um, yeah. But yeah, continued through high school. And then um, when I went to Anderson University, I had a songwriting class, and um, that really changed the trajectory of my life, I think. Um, the teacher of that class was Gloria Gaither. So, oh, yeah. 
she only taught like, I think two semesters. And, um, I, I was lucky enough to have her one and, um, yeah. And that really pushed me that direction. Um, and I moved to Nashville to pursue basically Christian music working in that industry. So you've been, you've been writing since college. Mm -hmm. Um, one of the things is we were exchanging emails before we got the interview set up was, uh, you mentioned there's this, um, a shift in churches wanting to incorporate original songs. Um, one of the first things that I thought is, okay, so why is that a good idea? And then why is that a bad idea? Because I can see <laughs> that, um, I've, you know, I write, I don't write a lot and I, on reflection, some of my songs are really, truly awful. And, and there's one that I like. Um, so what does that, um, what does that shift mean in a good way from your perspective? Well, as far as, yeah, the good side of things, I would say, um, there's an opportunity to be more specific about expressing the voice of your congregation. Mm. So depending on what themes God's speaking to your people, um, there can be songs that voice that, or if your congregation's going through grief. You can yeah. voice that in a way that's specific to your congregation and your people. Um, and yeah, I think there are songs that you can pull from anywhere and use in those situations. But sometimes it's something different when it's from literally one of the hearts in your congregation that knows all the intricacies yeah. of the dynamics of what's been going on. You can express it in a, in a clear and specific way. Yeah. And I think that's the number one benefit. Yeah. I suppose, I mean, in a lesser way, having an understanding of how they respond to different songs and different styles of music helps as well. Um, but that, I think that's more secondary to just having an awareness of the heart of your church and the culture of your church and, and what is, what's current there, I suppose. Yeah. And even what's to come, you know, even, what you think Scott is going to do in your church or direction you feel him leading you. That's a whole nother subject you can write on. Uh, I'll give you the opportunity to respond to this, but what, what would, what are the pitfalls of writing for your own church? Let's say I'm at, then I'll just yeah. say I'm at a church of like a, about a hundred people. Um, mm -hmm. I'm the worship leader. I could write songs there. What would that scenario look like in a bad way? Well, I think sometimes, you know, and I, and I'll get a lot of emails and stuff from people about them wanting to start to learn how to write songs. Um, about a lot of times it's just, they haven't been given the right tools, right. um, or haven't had the experience or sometimes it's even, um, they haven't had the faith base, you know, um, to write from a correct place theologically. Yeah. So it's really I mean, you have to, you have to have all of those things lined up. So your heart, your theology, and you need to have skills and then experience I think is also helpful. So those four things, um, if any of those are lacking, you know, you can get off track pretty quick. Yeah. Uh, the one that really can, it was resonates with me and, and w would have been convicting to me a number of years ago was your connection to like the scripture. Like I remember, as I was trying to understand what do I have to do to do, to do a better job at what I'm doing as a worship leader and as a songwriter. And hmm. 
one of the number one things is, boy, you better know your Bible. You better really spend time in scripture. And, and I'm like, yeah, I don't know about that. And so this is me, you know, being very yeah. vulnerable here because I just remember thinking, I, I don't think I have time for that. Um, I think I got it. I'm okay at that. And how, how important is that really? Hmm. Um, from a worship perspective, it's, it's pretty much at the top of the list, isn't it? Yeah. In <laughs> fact, um, one of the things Darlene Check said to us one time mm. was, um, worship needs to be a well-worn path. And, and I've done, like you said, I've done times or seasons where I'm not really in the scripture that much. And then I've done other seasons. And, um, right now I'm in a season where I've been journaling and in the word every single morning, pretty yeah. much. And I feel like my rights are completely different. Like walking into a right with a full heart is, um, is way different than walking in with an emptiness or even a numbness, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. So it's, it changes everything. And, and I don't, I'm not a huge, um, stickler on, um, being worried about theology during the creative process, because I feel like sometimes that can stop you up. But I really do feel like if you're in the word every day um, and you're learning to listen to the Holy Spirit outside of the writer's room, that when you get in the writing room, it's no different. Um, and you'll hear, you know, a lot of times you'll just hear from his heart and you'll hear the right things. And, you know, if not, you can always go back later and dissect theology. But for the most part, if he's guiding you through the scriptures, he'll guide you in the right. I really, I really appreciate that because I think that could become a, I don't want to say stumbling block, but a barrier to the creativity is if you write a lyric and you say, wait, before we move on to this next one, let's destroy the flow of the writing session while we right. research the theological accuracy of this statement. Um, uh, so I hear you allow the spirit to guide that. And then, uh, and then don't be afraid after the fact to, um, to review and make sure that you, you're lining up correctly or you're not completely off base with some of that stuff. Exactly. Yep. I like that too. It, it just makes a lot of sense. And like you said, like, you know, sometimes when the Holy Spirit's flowing, you can feel it and it might be through one person in the room. Um, and you never want to shut that down. Yeah. But what if, um, what if I'm like in isolation, like if I'm an individual, you know, I don't have a writing room where I meet with people or necessarily, um, co-writers or anything like that. Um, I think we've talked a little bit about mentoring. Um, you had that in college and you've uh, mentioned Darlene check. Um, uh, so what would somebody like me or somebody listening, if they wanted mentoring for songwriting, what kind of recommendations do you have for that? Well, honestly, I had, um, I did have Gloria during that time period of my life, but when I got to Nashville, I felt very alone for quite uh, a while yeah. and, um, you know, navigating all these writing and I didn't know what I was doing and how to do it. And, um, I prayed for a mentor for 15 years Wow. Um, and year 15, I said, Lord, why have you not answered my question? And he said, <laughs> he said, be what you need. And so I started mentoring girls. I started, I started gathering people. Um, and so I think sometimes the Lord puts us in a situation to see a need, um, if we're supposed to fill it, you know? Um, and so I learned a lot that way, but I would say, um, 
the number one thing that changed my writing, especially when it comes to worship and is something that you can do by yourself is singing the Psalms out loud. Uh, yeah. Um, I feel like I've learned more about songwriting, specifically worship, um, by doing that than any other way than by being in the room with anybody else, but literally just, um, listening, you know, learning to listen, um, just, I don't know. There's just a, so, sort of a spiritual imprint that happens on your heart, um, that I can't necessarily put into words, but it's real and, um, it's alive and it's the best, um, you know, worship songs that we have to learn from in my opinion. Well, they, they've, they've, um, withstood the test of time, you know, yes. <laughs> for those of us who get wrapped up in the hymns, which are really popular songs that just happen to stand the test of time. Um, you know, the, these are the, the, these are worship songs that people had memorized. They, they knew them all, uh, they yes. knew the tunes and, um, and so why, why not spend time just with the laments and, and the cries out to God and mm -hmm. the praising and glorification as it's written there and, and to just soak in that. Yeah. And, and what I've learned too about the Psalms specifically that I love is that David doesn't ever usually just start off straight away with praise. He will go through that lament. He will show you the journey Yeah. and then the Lord will break through. And, and that's when he goes into praise and you hear the journey. And, um, it's sort of like watching a good movie. Like if you yeah. go straight to the happy ending, um, you know, there's something missing. And I feel like the same is true of us in writing worship songs today. Um, that if we can share some of the journey, but always end in a way that's, um, uplifting, yeah. rejoicing, um, redemptive. That's, I feel like that's the way it should be. No, I love that. I think, yeah, you providing a context for people, you know, why am I happy? Well, here's where I was and here's where I am. And, um, yes. thank you, God, glory to God for all you've given me. Yeah. Oh, that's excellent. Exactly. Mm -hmm. I was on your website and poking around like I want to do. And they, this thing popped up in my face, songwriter personality test. <laughs> I know this is a big shift. What is that? Is that like a Myers-Briggs for songwriters or? Yeah, pretty much. I haven't like totally studied Myers-Briggs, but yeah, it's, um, it's a personality test. And, and, you know, a lot of times when I'm walking into a co-write, people had been saying to me, are you lyrics or music? And right. I felt like, I think I'm more lyrics, but I know that's not all I am, you know? So right. I just started over the course of time to notice what all my friends were. Like they all had these variations of their writer personalities. And, um, and so, you know, over several years, just of all of that observing yeah. sort of came up with seven different personalities. And, um, it's really helpful to know what you are specifically. And then it helps you to figure out, um, how you would best work in a writing room, like which other personalities, you know, would be good to write with. So Interesting. it'll save you some headache. It'll well, save you some really hard writes if you do it. Yeah. I've, I mean, I've definitely heard nightmare stories from my, from my songwriting friends. Michael Farron always has good stories, um, <laughs> but uh, of getting into a room and just being uncomfortable for a period of time. And then there's other times you walk in and all of a sudden you just click. So is right. that, um, is that what I would 
hope to understand from taking that test is kind of... Yes. Well, and, and a lot of times the problem comes when you have exactly the same gifting. Mm. So the whole point is to get as much diversity in the room as possible so everybody can shine in their strength and work together instead of opposing one another. Um, yeah. And, and I've found, you know, I have my certain friends that I'll write with on a regular basis and I know now what their gifts are and why it works, you know, why it works with them. There is also like, you know, just a spirit or a heart component too, um, which you can't necessarily figure out on paper, but this gives you a really good start and a really good direction and might just narrow things down if you're looking at co-writing. So that's something you you can take on your website. Yes. Um, It's christinordoff.com slash test. And I'll, I'll, uh, I'll share a link with folks. And if I am astute enough technologically, I'll even put a link on the screen so you can maybe over my face so that you can just, <laughs> jump, you can jump over there and check that out. I haven't taken it, but I'm really intrigued by it. And I feel like that's probably something that, that I should do. How long would it take me to take the test? Um, a little more than five minutes, maybe. I think I can afford that. I think you I have time for it. that. I you can do, can do it. it. Lunch. I'll, I'll do it. Yeah. And, uh, uh, cool. I'm I'm excited to try that. And then maybe I can share results with people and, and find out. Is there, you said there were seven. Is one of them non-writer? <laughs> um, I don't like you know. Shouldn't be like in the there's room. One, no, no, no. <laughs> there's no like bad answers. I don't know if okay. you know who Dave Clark is, but Dave Clark will not take my test because he says he's going to fail. There's no failing. Okay, good. It's, I'm a good test taker. It's all right? good. <laughs> all right. It's well, all cool. good. All right. Well, yeah. I'm going to try it and I'm going to, and uh, maybe I'll even, maybe cause I'm trying to experiment with video. I'll take it uh, and I'll do the video of me taking it and share the results with people just so people can see what that looks like. Cause that would be awesome. Cool. Uh, I want to see what you get. I, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm intrigued. I, I love those tests. Uh, Enneagram. Have you done Enneagram? Yes. Which one are you? Four. I'm a two. So, but I have a three wing. Um, so I'm the helper <laughs> with the three wings. So you're the creative um, I don't know what my wing is. I haven't gotten that far. That's all right. I don't know. I love it. But anyway, that's a, that's a side discussion. Um, okay. One question I had here along the realm of songwriting is I think about songs that we write that we love that never go anywhere. Hmm. Is there a song in you, that you have written whenever within the last 22 years that you're like, this song is amazing and nobody's figured it out yet? What Do you have well, one on top of your head? Yes, I have one song and it has gotten into the church and it was recorded once, but not like in a worship kind of setting. Um, but it's called Mercy Tree. Oh, I've, I've heard of it, heard but I don't song. know why I've heard of it. Yeah, it was on a Billy Graham project that they did, but like an artist hasn't ever done it. It was on the Billy Graham project. Lacey Sturm did it. Um, actually, you know what? I can't say that Anthony Evans did record it too, but it hasn't been like a mainstream worship person. You know what I mean? I do. Yeah. So it's called mercy tree. Is it available? Uh, CCLI? Yep. All right. Cause I, I I think we all have those songs that we've written and we're like, you know, I just, this hasn't gone where I hoped it would be, or maybe it's gone as far as God wants it to go, but, um, yeah, but uh, it's hard to figure that out. It's hard to figure out, you know, um, where they're all going to fly. And he really does 
control, you know, yeah, which ones go where. So, yeah. There are times when a song becomes really popular and I go, God, I don't know what your intention with this song was because, <laughs> <laughs> uh, cause I wouldn't have picked that one, but that's where yeah. our own personal preferences kick in. There's one that I'm thinking of right now that uh, I'll tell you offline that I just go, I, d- I don't know how that ever became popular, but yeah, uh, but we won't talk about that here. That would be embarrassing to the people who wrote the song. <laughs> We've been talking for quite a while, but I want to make sure we have a chance to talk a little about brave worship. Um, can you tell me what brave worship is? I know you're, you're involved. Um, and there, there's no, uh, is it Meredith? Is, uh, Mary wait. Beth, my Mary sister. Beth. <clears throat> there you go. Yes. Cause you, both your photos were on the website. So what's brave worship? Well, um, like I mentioned before, I started mentoring about eight years ago. So brave worship is sort of an extension of that. And it's, um, my sister, Mary Beth and I, um, along with lots of other women on our leadership team, but we exist to sort of encourage, provide resources for, pray for females that are in the worship industry in any yeah. way, worship leading or worship writing. So we have a podcast called Brave Worship. Um, we do live quarterly events. We're doing our conference this week, I actually, um, this Friday and Saturday. And then uh, every once in a while, we'll do a trip over to the UK and do a writing trip. So, but we're, we're building community and, um, yeah, we just felt like, you know, just me being in that, in the staff writing position. And my sister was a worship leader for about 15 years leading. Um, you know, it's, it's just an interesting position. It's different because there are so few women in those worlds and, um, and we just feel like some of it just comes from the fact that they just purely need encouragement. And um, so we just hope to provide that and provide a community that fosters that. I just want to affirm you for the work you're doing with Brave Worship and and supporting women in in that role. I think there's a voice that we're not missing if we are not encouraging women enough Um, Mm. in worship and songwriting and perspective. It needs to be uh, from the rooftops, you know. Mm. Thank you so much. Last question for you, and then I'll let you uh, get back to your your Halloween decorating activity, (laughs) whatever that is. Um, and this is random question. So, um, do you watch anything on streaming TV? Nope. No, you Netflix, nothing. You don't watch anything. I really, you know what? It's really weird, but I don't. And part of it is like, we have five remotes and I don't want to go through all the effort of figuring them out. (laughs) It's terrible. I really don't. I don't watch TV like hardly at all just because I don't know. I, I want to create. You know, like, I don't know. I have a weird, I grew up, like I told you, like in the middle of nowhere. So we didn't even have a TV a lot of the time. Yeah. So I sort of grew up learning to, I guess, create things during that time. Um, But yeah, there is, there is one thing I will watch with my husband when he turns it on though. The profit. What is the profit? Um, It's a business guy. Who goes into businesses and basically like ah. renovates them and yeah yeah so it's a it's a reality TV I've never watched it but um, but now okay. that you mention it I, I recognize that okay then yeah. since since you I, I can't I can't suck you into telling me what you're watching on streaming TV what's a guilty pleasure musically something musically that you like to listen to that you won't necessarily want everybody to know about but now will know about. <laughs> 
Oh man, I'm so boring. Um, I love Amy Grant still. That's not a guilty pleasure. Not? You're safe. You're safe. I don't. I don't have anything. I literally. I'm so boring. I'm no, so boring. no Barry Manilow, no meatloaf, no bread. No, um, Eddie no, Rabbit. No, no, <laughs> no, it's terrible. I I think sometimes I listen to music so much during the days because I'm writing all day. Um, most days that I, I don't listen to a ton. I, I listen more to, you know, some podcasts and some talk stuff and, yeah. you know, so I go more that direction. Um, a lot of time. I'm so boring. No, you're not boring. No, I appreciate you because, um, you're immersed in it all the time. So yeah, um, it's maybe hard to, to get any cathartic kind of experience out of listening to music when that is what you're doing all the time. Right. Yeah. yeah. So pitch me a podcast. What's the podcast, your favorite podcast right now? Um, let's see. Or the I like Annie, Annie Downs. Okay. That sounds yeah. fun. Have you heard her? Uh, I've heard of her. I haven't heard her. Yeah. She's pretty cool. I was just listening to uh, Chris Balaton. He's got some really interesting stuff out there about, um, female leadership. Oh, cool. Um, and you listen to uh, on being, I haven't heard that yet. Yeah. I think, uh, Krista Tippett on being, um, it's excellent, excellent stuff. I need to check that one out. I'm going to look that one up. Cool. I think we're all good. Anything you want to share before we head out? Um, just one thing I'd like to share, um, for people that are interested in possibly learning the basics of how to write worship songs. Yeah. Um, I've just put out a new course, so it's an online course. Okay. So it's, um, you can find it on my website, but basically, um, what I've learned after sitting in the room with, you know, a lot of up and coming artists, up and coming writers, was that people needed the basic skills, but they also, um, it would, it would be helpful to understand the basic heart about, Mm. um, what it takes to walk into a room to write, um, that direction. So it approaches both things, heart and skill. And, um, yeah, it's on, it's up on my website. It's right next to the personality test. Right after that. All right. You got it. And so, um, I'm going to, uh, I'm going to share the links with folks to your website, to the personality test and to, to the, um, the songwriting, the course, right? It's a course, right? Yeah. It's All a right. course. Yes. And, um, we'll encourage people to check that out. I really appreciate your time and, um, I'm looking forward to chatting with you maybe again in the future. Sounds awesome. <laughs> Take care <laughs> of yourself. Okay. Nice to meet you. All right, we're back. And thank you, Joe, for another great interview. Uh, very enlightening. And uh, yeah, it's always exciting to to be able to talk to artists. So now where do we go from here? That's the next question. Do we have any do we have any content ready to go? Actually, we do. We uh, I do have some interviews lined up um, with a few folks. Uh, one is somebody that I work with professionally. Um, uh, we, we we're on the same council together for our denomination okay and even though we're not in a denomination but we're 
See, right we now, look like one. What you can't tell is is that Dan is scrambling, trying to find the piece of paper where the guy's <laughs> name is written down. <laughs> it is. I actually found it. I had placed okay. it behind me, um, but then I put a piece of paper on top of it. Um, so you most would know John MacArthur from mm-hmm. Grace to You Ministries in California and also the president of Master's Seminary. Um, and very, yeah, I mean... I don't really have to say anything. Most people would know who I'm talking about. Yeah, yeah. Um, but John MacArthur Ministries, Grace to You, is has a Canadian arm. And I serve with the director of Grace to You in Canada. His name is David Cotnor. And he's bilingual. He's, he's based in Canada. I believe he's in Montreal. And um, I really wanted to talk to him about what that looks like. So look forward to that conversation. Um, so that'll be very interesting. Um, and yeah, we've had good feedback from folks on social media, um, and people have shared the interview, um, with my friends from, uh, the Maines family from yeah. also from television, uh, which is great. So yeah, things are trucking along. We have a few other things lined up. I just haven't got them confirmed yet, so I don't really want to share them, but, uh, yeah, yeah, we'll go from I, there. I got a few in the hopper as well. Uh, and I decided I'm just not going to share them anymore because that just, <laughs> you know, <laughs> over promise and under deliver. <laughs> yeah. I need to under promise and over deliver. Uh, you know, I've got to get that turnaround time to something less than two and a half months on some of these things, but we'll see. Well, this the is blessing. the year of, of hope and stability. That's, that's yeah. And the blessing is that because of, of what you've been working on with audio um, you're actually quite proficient and maybe even more proficient than I am. And I've had more years in, um, I know some out of necessity, but, um, you're getting pretty good at it and we have good software, but, um, yeah. So hopefully this year it'll be a lot more, um, free flowing in the, in the episodes. I'm hopeful and I will put forth the appropriate effort. And I appreciate all of you guys out there who are listening and continue to, to be supportive of, of what we do. And uh, keep hanging in. We're mm-hmm. always trying to get better. We're trying new things. Not sure the video reviews are going to happen anymore because I can't edit those. <laughs> I'm just not good enough at editing. I, uh, but we're going to continue to try new things and stick with us um, and stay creative and take care of yourself. You know, I feel like there's an episode of Hill Street Blues. Uh, <laughs> but no, which, which 90% of the people listening will be like, I don't understand. That's okay. Well, maybe in the next episode, we'll talk about what's on Netflix and what everyone's watching because my family is watching different shows, but we don't have time right now. Yeah, so, no. So let's, let's prime the up. pump and let's ask people what their, their favorite Netflix uh, binge watching is and let's see what happens. Cool. All right, guys, we appreciate your time. Make sure you catch up with us on social media. Just search for Frequency.fm. We're everywhere. Really, there we're just, we're everywhere. Yeah, if, if you can connect to a podcasting podcatcher and network, we're usually on it. Awesome. Bye for now. 